The Cinders of Dezu, written and read by Oliver Tonic. A tyrant king, a missing girl, and a journey through a perilous world. Join me for this completed sci-fi fantasy novel read as an audio series. Enjoy the story from here on, or binge from the beginning with the first episode. The episodes are now available on YouTube and Spotify as a podcast. Like and subscribe if you enjoy. My audiobooks are totally free. If you'd like to donate to support my writing, though, check out my Patreon in the description. And now, back to the tale. Chapter 14 Falling Cairo dipped his foot into the dark water and cringed. It was cold, and the night air wasn't helping. He turned around to see Talia smiling at him in the light of the flame in her hand. He looked over at Julian, who had removed his shoes and was trying it out for himself. He was, true to form, vocal about the discovery. "'Good Lord!' he said, jumping out quickly. "'That is... I hate that.' Talia silently chuckled. "'Hey, it was you who asked for a good clean.' She was right. The three of them had made it to Talia's safe house in the woods, just as the sun was going down. The cabin looked quite a bit like their own. On the way, Talia had explained some rules of travel as they became relevant, including how to tend to bathroom needs, complete with which leaves were best as tried-and-true biodegradable toilet paper. Julian felt gross after hours of travel without any amenities, so he was excited for a bath when he reached the cabin. "'You asked at the right place. This is just the spot for a good wash,' she said with a smile. She led them a ways through the trees until they had reached the lake. It was massive and shimmered under the light of the moon. Even in the dark, a large shadow of a landmass stood looming in the middle of the water. Is this how you do things around here, Jungle Girl? Has no one invented showers yet? said Julian. Talia smirked. Not for everyone, only the rich and sophisticated. So you know what a shower is, and yet you put up with this? Talia looked at Cairo. You gonna be alright? Cairo pulled the bar of soap she had given him out of his pocket. Peachy keen, he said with a fake smile. I'll give you boys some privacy. Just keep an eye out. Lake Pana has some nasty old secrets. Talia shot the fireball in her hand casually onto a log sitting on the beach. She disappeared behind the trees as it smoldered and kept a bit of the night away. Cairo and Julian looked at each other. Cairo called out to her into the trees. <clears throat> you, you don't want to clarify that statement or anything? Her voice didn't return. No? Okay, okay, we'll just get vulnerable then. It wasn't long before they had their clothes off and were lathering their personal soaps in the chilled water with their backs to each other. Cairo soon discovered it was most helpful to get the soapy lather warm so the dip under the surface to rinse wasn't as unpleasant. Yeesh, said Julian, his back still to his friend. Somehow feeling my feet sink in the mud is taking away my clean feeling. You need to learn how to rough it, man. Sometimes you gotta be a man of the wild. Yeah, well, as long as Lady of the Wild over there doesn't see me roughing it, 
I'm still not sure about her. But also, I'm not in top form in this cold right now, if you know what I mean. Julian's bar of soap slipped out of his hands and landed to his side with a plunk. His hands waded through the water as he groped for it. He felt his toes lift out of the mush of the lake floor. He did wide sweeps with his arms, but he still couldn't feel the slick bump of the bar. He was laid out on the surface of the lake as he did his butterfly strokes. He suddenly felt like he couldn't reach the ground with his feet. He thought maybe he'd gone out a bit farther, and the water was a little bit deeper. He tried to turn himself around. There it was, the bar. It was floating, but not on the surface. He squeezed his eyes to make sure he didn't have water in them. He blinked a few times to make sure it wasn't a trick of the light. His vision stayed the same. The bar of soap was floating, just a few inches in empty space above the surface of the lake. Julian's mouth was open, but he couldn't speak. He stretched out his hand to touch it. His fingers came close, but missed just shy of the bar. He couldn't reach it. Why couldn't he reach it? Talia's light on the shore went dark. He looked around in the pitch black, but he couldn't see his friend. He couldn't see anything except the blanket on his face. The blanket on his face? He wasn't in the cold water anymore. It all started to come back to him. After the bath in the lake, they had come back to the safe house. It was a two-bedroom cabin, and Talia had gone to one room while the two of them had gone to sleep in the other. Julian had worn his underwear to bed, but he couldn't stand sleeping with clothes on. He always had this issue when sleeping over someone's house. His remedy was to simply take his clothes off under the covers and slide them down to the side. Then, when he needed them to get up for a bathroom break, or just get up in the morning, he would slip them on under the covers and no one would be the wiser. Is that why he felt so drafty, he thought? Was he missing covers? Why was his nose bumping up against something? Something hard? He pulled the covers off of his face and saw wooden slats in the dark. Was this the headboard? No. The dream had really messed with his sense of orientation. Was he laying on the wooden floor? No. He wasn't really laying on anything. Had he fallen out of bed? He put his hands on the wooden surface and lifted himself up. This didn't make sense. Was this just confusion from coming out of sleep? That's when his blanket fell off, but not towards the wooden floor he was pushing against. The blanket slid from his chest and fell behind him, back onto his bed. His bed on the floor. Wait. He turned himself around. Below him, his friend slept soundly on the bed next to his own. Julian wasn't laying on the floor. He was laying on the ceiling. He started to scream and then stopped himself. He wasn't exactly presentable. Cairo had his eyes closed with his head turned to the side, slack-jawed and slightly snoring. Julian had often considered that his tendency to sleep in the buff could cause him some problems in an emergency situation like a fire or an intruder. But as he laid on the ceiling, naked as he'd come into the world, he realized this had certainly never been on his lists of reasons why it could be problematic. He started to reach towards the blanket, which was now in a bundle on top of his bed. He kept reaching until he found himself standing. 
standing upside down on the ceiling. What on God's green earth? He said under his breath. He thought he must be still dreaming. He had to be, until he remembered his freezing friend the day before, and the whole manifestation thing Talia and the book had talked about. This must be his new thing, whatever it was. Their beds didn't have much of a base to them, so they weren't very high off the ground. This meant, for Julian, his bed was farther from his reach. The blanket had fallen in a pile, though, so he thought maybe he could reach it. He stood on his tiptoes and stretched out as far as he could. Almost there, but not quite. A quick little hop meant he was able to touch his middle finger to it. He took a breath and leapt just a bit higher. He was nearly able to pinch an edge of it now. The ceiling creaked under his weight with each successive hop. The loudest one made him stop and look over again at Cairo. He stirred a bit. His eyes were still closed, though, still asleep. One more hop, and... Finally! He grabbed hold of the bed cover and snatched it up. He slinked the rest of it carefully up to him and wrapped it awkwardly around his waist. He used his hands to hold it down, or up, the lower half of his body. It did not work well for discretion. He fought with it a moment before feeling the blanket drape around him. It fell towards the ceiling, dropping to his feet and covering his body. What was this? He looked up again and saw his underwear laying halfway off the side of the bed. Okay, here we go, he whispered. First leap, no go. Second leap, no go. He stuck his tongue between his teeth and took a breath. Third leap, he swiped his arm back and forth at the peak of his jump. He must have been an inch from it. He didn't notice, but this time the house shook a bit as he landed. He leapt once more and touched it. It was just enough to make it slide off the edge of the bed and onto the floor. Julian decided it was time to scream in frustration. He grabbed part of the blanket and bunched it up over his mouth to let it out. Cairo didn't move. He took a deep breath and thought for a moment. Then it hit him. He unwrapped the blanket and let it fall to the ceiling. Weird. He looked up and down for a moment, still trying to figure out how this worked. Then he knelt down and bunched it under his feet. It didn't give him too much more height, but it was better than nothing. He crouched this time before springing himself up as hard as he could. Not quite. He tried again. His legs were spread and his whole body was flailing wildly to get more air. His hand caught the edge of his bed. Whoa, whoa! He loudly whispered as the bed began to lift with his weight. His hand edged up the side of the bed as he lifted it up toward him at a slant. He was breathing heavy from the strain now. He pulled himself down the length of the bed, closer and closer to his unmentionables. His fingers were so close. He reached them as far as possible. He was nearly there. Then he watched as the boxers fell softly from the floor up to his hand. Julian squinted. What? The bed dropped toward the ceiling. With a crash, it burst through the top of the house and into the starlit sky, with Julian and his undies hurtling after it. He tumbled through the air with large splinters of wood whirling around him. 
He went up past the soft glow of the lamps around the cabin, spinning as he went. He passed the tops of the trees. Every time he made a rotating visual pass of the house below, it got smaller and smaller along with the hole in its roof. The quiet night now echoed his scream. Talia was outside, looking around, both hands on fire. She couldn't see anyone. She jumped into the air with a twirl and lit fire beneath her legs. She propelled herself to the roof of the cabin and looked around. The lights were still lit all around the house. She couldn't see predators. She looked down the hole at a bewildered Cairo. He had leapt out of bed at the sound of wood cracking, but was still not totally conscious as he looked up at the new hole in the ceiling. He saw the glowing girl on his roof. Where is he? She asked. Where's who? Julian! What? He realized he hadn't fully taken in the state of his room as he looked around. Where's his bed? He said. A loud crash was heard to the side of the house. Talia looked over to see the broken frame of Julian's bed and his mattress having burst apart. Cairo couldn't see what had happened from inside his room. What was that? Talia gazed up into the sky. She spoke softly. What goes up? Julian had been hurtling for so long that he had managed to make himself stop spinning. The higher he got, the colder he was. After the bed had stopped hurtling up with him, he had narrowly moved out of the way as it fell back down. He found himself thinking. If he was going to die, he'd at least have his dignity, so he managed to slip his underwear back on. His momentum seemed to be slowing, like he was no longer falling as much as he was just floating upwards, unable to stop. He thought about his mom and how she would never know what happened to him. He thought about his brother in prison, about how he knew he would never try to be the son to her that he had tried to be. He closed his eyes. At that moment, he stopped feeling his momentum. Then he felt the drop. His eyes fluttered open to see the forest get closer and closer. He remembered he really wanted to live. A slow scream began building as he started waving his arms wildly. The cabin was nowhere in sight, and somehow he could feel himself free-falling more and more to the left. By the time he was almost to the trees, he didn't know how far he had traveled from where he had been. He found himself rapidly approaching a treetop with branches that looked particularly unforgiving. No, 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 no! He was beginning to brace for impact just as he felt his momentum change again. He didn't feel as though he was being pulled to the tree, although he was still flying toward it. Gradually, his speed grew to a still frightening but relatively manageable speed as he reached the top of the tree. He covered his face with his arms as he entered the barrage of smacking leaves and branches. He got knocked around a bit, but somehow his descent became slow and almost gentle. It wasn't a pleasant experience when his hands, chest, and cheek smacked the side of the trunk, but it wasn't an overly brutal one either. He wrapped himself around the trunk, hugging it tight. He looked down at the shadowy forest way down below. In lieu of an alternate plan, he opted for a pitiful whimper. So, you've never seen this before? Like at all? Cairo said as he watched Talia hop around on one foot, slipping her shoes on. 
No, I haven't. Now lock the door behind me. Do you think he's going to be okay? You don't, you don't think he's dead, right? Talia scoffed. How would I know that? I'm sorry, I just, you know, you know this place better than me. Is there something that you know that exists that could have done something to him? There's plenty I know that could have done something to him. I don't know too many things that would come through the roof, snatch him up, and throw him and his bed into the sky. But there is stuff that does that? Look, it's probably some kind of manifestation. But if it's put him outside the house at night, he's in trouble, even if he survives the fall. Cairo's eyes widened. So you do think he's maybe flying or something? With his abilities? Could his powers kill him? Talia headed out the door. People have been killed by their own delinium abilities. Yes, lock the door. What am I supposed to do? Go back to bed? I don't care what you do. Just don't go outside. I don't need to do this twice tonight. Cairo sighed and closed the door. Through the windows, he watched as Talia went around the house and out of the lamplight toward the forest. She was silent as her dark hair flowed in the wind. She disappeared into the trees. Cairo found her movements mesmerizing. She was like a phantom or an apparition in the dark, moving like something intangible. Even if she was a bit cold to him, somehow it felt really cool to know a person so mysterious and talented and attractive and... Okay, keep it together, Kai, he said, slapping his face. Just, she's just a girl. Don't be a weirdo. You're a weirdo. Be cool. She, he heard a thump on the roof. She came back for something? He hoped she hadn't heard his neurotic self-talk. He thought he'd try to correct it with the aloof and cool approach. He cleared his throat as he went into his bedroom with a hole in the ceiling. What's up? He peered up into the hole. Nothing but an empty sky. H hello The faint sound of scratching made its way in from the cabin's living room. Kyra whipped his head around to the room's open door. That didn't sound like Talia. Kyra walked to the door and looked out. At the far end of the dark cabin, he saw a shadow. It stood erect. It was far bigger than the girl he'd just seen disappear into the night. The shadow made a move in his direction. He ran and slammed the door closed. Cairo leaned against the door with his whole body. He felt something heavy hit it from the other side. Whoever you are, you need to speak up right now. Who are you? He was speaking in the most commanding voice he could muster in the circumstances. No voice came back. Keeping his shoulders against the door, his hand felt for the doorknob. There was no lock on it. As he tried to steady his breathing, he felt a light and methodical tap against the other side. A clacking, like something hard and dense. He couldn't imagine what this was. He felt like he'd entered a horror movie. Suddenly, the tapping stopped. It was quiet. Cairo leaned his ear against the surface of the door. Boom! He felt the door push hard against him. He realized the doorknob was turned. Boom! The door snapped open, then closed. He staggered back slightly. Boom! Cairo pushed his hand against the door. His palm pressed against the edge of the doorframe. He felt a strange sensation that made him look down. Something was forming on the frame. Boom! 
he managed to keep the door closed and pull his hand away. There, in the shape of his hand, was a thin layer of ice. He looked at his hand. He slammed it against the edge of the door and then pulled away again. Another ice handprint. He kept slapping the edge of the door with his shoulder against it. Boom! The ice broke. Cairo took a breath. He placed his hand on the door frame and slid it across its edge. A thick line of ice covered the frame. He did it quickly across the side and covered the top like he was caulking the door. The moment he was done sealing the crack at the bottom, the next strike came. Boom! The ice held fast. The door didn't budge. A smile spread across his face. <laughs> he said triumphantly. He backed up as the door continued to be struck with loud thumps. Light hit his face from the window of their bedroom. He hadn't closed it. He rushed to swing the shutters closed and placed the wooden barricade over it. This time he took a step back and tried to seal the edges at range, just a foot or two away from the window. He put his palm out and a stream of ice flowed from it. He coated the seams effortlessly. It all felt unreal. He didn't know how it worked or where the ice was coming from, but it just felt right. He stopped sealing the window and held his hand up to his face. Wow, he said under his breath, looking at his fingertips. He watched as remnants of tiny ice crystals broke down into little droplets on his fingers, like the first snowflakes of winter. He stepped into the light coming from the hole above him to get a better look. A dark shadow inched slowly over his frosty fingers. He looked up. His voice caught in his throat. His eyes met with a silhouetted mane of wide, jagged protrusions. Sitting deep in a face of shadow were cavernous eyes that glowed black and blue with sparkling white flecks. Their hollow gaze held him fast. Closing his eyes, Julian began to very carefully loosen his grip on the tree. Below him, he had seen a branch that he might be able to make his way down to. He thought maybe an inch-by-inch inch approach was in order. As his arms loosened, he felt a strange frustration. He wasn't sliding down. At all. He loosened them more. Nothing. Julian opened his eyes and looked at the trunk he was hugging to his face. There was no way he was holding his weight with the grip he had on it. He counted to three and let go. There he sat, arms and legs completely outstretched to his sides. And yet his chest remained on the tree. It took Julian a minute or two to get his bearings. Finally, he pushed himself off the trunk. It was like a push-up. He was weighted towards the tree. He stood up. It all felt so very surreal, and the darkness wasn't helping. But he looked around at a sideways forest, and he started to put together what was happening. He walked up and down the trunk before uttering an incredulous laugh. He hopped up and down, each time his feet came back to the side of the tree. This is gonna take some getting used to, he muttered to himself. He jumped again, and somehow this time, he just kept going. He looked up to see the side of another tree, just ahead, that he was floating towards. He looked down to the forest floor, which, from his perspective, was to his side. He knew he should have felt fear, 
but this was all like a dream. He felt like an astronaut floating through space. When he reached the trunk he was floating towards, he put his hands out. Feeling his weight change, he felt the sensation of briefly doing a handstand. He rolled to a sitting position. He looked up to see the tree he had left, and then looked down to see himself perched on an all-new trunk. Gravity. Julian whispered to himself. He stood up again and looked around at the shadows of trees. He contemplated. It was clear there was a level of control here that he didn't quite understand. The fear he had had was beginning to subside. He was curious. He put his hand out towards a nearby shadowy tree. His body released from the trunk and began falling toward another. It wasn't terribly far, but he felt the feeling of having jumped from a large height. He began to panic. As he gained momentum, he realized if these powers worked like he was thinking they did, he may have made a grave error. He looked around the forest for another tree, and once he'd chosen, his momentum waned. He no longer felt a pull from the tree he was heading towards. His body then began falling toward his new target. As his new horizontal fall also seemed to speed out of control due to him again misjudging the distance, Julian decided he wanted back on solid ground. He made his decision too late, however, and his descent to the ground was interrupted somewhat by his entering a grouping of branches on the way down. He started wildly grabbing for tree limbs as the branches knocked him about. Suddenly, he felt a hand grip around his ankle. He couldn't see much in his chaotic descent, with the shadows of the trees now blocking any light from the night sky. He didn't know the nature of the thing that caught him, but he understood the unmistakable sensation of being wrenched upwards by his foot. He found himself laying belly up on a large branch. The shadowy vision of hair and a soft voice addressed him. You two are a handful. It was Talia. Julian breathed a sigh of relief. I thought superpowers would be fun. They aren't. Not here, she said. Julian put his hand on his forehead. How did you find me? You were screaming. I was screaming? You scream like a little girl getting tossed around the treetops. No way, I was not screaming. I would have noticed if all the animals within a mile radius could hear you. You had four very hungry and very confused shadow dogs trying to track you. I think you even managed to attract a nether lurker. Julian sat up. What's a nether lurker? Stay close as we head back and you won't need to find out. It was a fair distance before they reached the cabin again. Julian was surprised at how far he'd gone. He also couldn't work out how Talia had reached him so fast and plucked him from the air. He'd hardly said a word to her on their way back for fear of disturbing her focus. She seemed to be studying the trees as they went. But when they reached the clearing for the cabin, she stopped abruptly. He nearly ran into her. That's not right, she whispered. She rushed to the cabin and disappeared inside. Julian followed her and was rounding the corner when she appeared again in the doorway. No, she said through gritted teeth. She slammed her fist against the doorframe. Unbelievable! Are you both just magnets for trouble? Julian's eyebrows lowered. Well, we found you, didn't we? Don't blame us for how ridiculous it is on your planet or dimension or whatever. Where's Kai? Talia threw something at Julian's feet. He leaned over and picked it up. 
What is this? It was shaped like a jagged star, and made of what looked like animal bones. It was also wet. That's the call of Moslinga. Julian turned it over. Again, I ask you, what is this? Talia stepped down the stairs and snatched it from him. She walked past him and looked into the trees. It means he was taken by the guild. Taken? Julian grabbed her shoulder and whipped her around. Are they dangerous? What does that mean? At that moment, there was a short whistle in the air. Julian felt a prick on his neck. His hand instinctively went to touch it. It was still there, a needle. He pulled it out and looked at it. He was already feeling woozy. His vision was fading as he fell. He watched Talia shake her head and heave a sigh. It means I hope you know how to swim. Hey guys, it's Oliver. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you want to hear more. Give me your thoughts in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. And check my channel to make sure you're caught up on the latest episode. I'll have regular episodes up until all chapters of this story are fully released, so stay tuned.